Hey folks, I'm James. And I'm Pembroke W. Corgi. Welcome to the Pemmy and James kind of sort of hopefully funny podcast. Uh, if you're hearing this, one of two things has happened. One, we couldn't make one of our regular deadlines. Or two, it's the holiday season and we're using this as a fill-in episode. Better than nothing. Yeah, basically, we refer to a list every episode of the show, and I figured it was time we took stock and took a look at this list and get into why certain things aren't on it, why so many things are going to get split up into other parts, how we split th- some of these things up, and so on. This is just off the cuff, mostly unrehearsed. I've just got a, an Excel sheet in front of me and Pemmy's going to respond. And we're just going to just chill because, frankly, half of the fun is just discussing what we do next. Pretty much. Let's monetize that, too. Woo! Because I'm greedy. Uh, I just want to survive. <laughs> <laughs> so first, here's what's penciled into the schedule. At the point we're recording this on September 17th, we just finished our second Heckle and Jekyll episode with well, the, the, the filmation stuff. We figured that's going to transition smoothly into October and Halloween season. So, hey, why not talk about its accompanying short Quackula? Which... Well, I tried to avoid doing episodes about that I did a review of on YouTube. This is a case where, yeah, I'm going to have to pull out the Morganella Duck episode because it, it's it's almost entirely Frank Wilker B voicing a girl, and it's it's an experience. Mm-hmm. So that's penciled in to debut on October 7th, and to debut on October 21st, closer to Halloween. We've got the new Scooby-Doo Movies episode featuring the Addams Family. Because they're spooky and they're kooky and they're all together ooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I picked that one because A, Scooby-Doo and the Addams Family together, you don't get much more Halloweenish than that. And B, we can hook people in by saying it's the one episode you can't get on modern home media. Yep. Maybe eventually, someday. Yeah. Penciled in for November 4th is a show neither Pemmy nor I have much experience with, but I stumbled upon the intro and I was like, what the heck is this? It's Rankin Bass's tomfoolery show. Need to get episodes of that soon. And following that, something I know people here are going to be familiar with because we can't escape that dang theme song, the 1967 Spider-Man cartoon from Grant Ray Lawrence. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. He can do what a spider can. Is he bad? Is he good? He's got radioactive wood. Watch out! Here comes the Spider-Man. I'm sorry. (laughs) Close enough. Penciled in for December 2nd, we've got one of Cartoon Network's earliest hits, and one of their longest-lasting hits, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, from the studio AKA Cartoon. You're more familiar with this one than I am, so it should be an experience. For December 16th, we've penciled in our Christmas episode, where we're going to look at some our first stop-motion animation projects, Rankin Bass's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Will Vinton Productions' Claymation Christmas. I'm looking forward to re-looking at uh, the Will Vinton one, because I, I really haven't seen that since I was a kid. So, yeah, I, 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 I love Claymation. Claymation's a very un, claymation and stop motion stop motion is very un, is 
is a dying art, so I'm always happy to see that. Yeah. And the cultural place that Rudolph special still holds to this day is impressive. Yep. So December 30th, that's our holiday break. That might be one of the possible dates you hear this episode that we're recording right this second. And then in January, we're going to be back on our Hanna-Barbera kick with scheduled episodes for Speed Buggy and Josie and the Pussycats. Looking forward to both of those. I'm. Those are, in my opinion, the better of the uh, Scooby clones. After that, it's up in the air. Though, tentatively, we've penciled in for episode 50, The Flintstones, and episode 101, The Filmation Ghostbusters. A lot of episodes of The Flintstones to choose from. Yeah. It's like over 100 episodes. Yeah, I, I, I got an idea for one. I want to do the one where they're supposed to be judging a beauty pageant for the Water Buffalo Lodge. Ooh, that's a good one. I, I, I'm trying to decide, do I want to do the... One where they go to the costume party, or do I want to do the one where they, uh, or do I want to do the one where Fred's rich uncle, like, tells him he has to stay in his mansion that's haunted or some crap? Um, because that, that, that letter, that second one has become such a trope. Another good one could be where, uh, Pebbles and Bam Bam sing the song Let the Sun Shine In, and we see Buddy Epstone. That's true. Um, Is that because that's a commentary on the culture of the day with the rise of the Beatles? That's true. Uh, the, the, admittedly, the only reason I want to do the costume party one was because it has a gag that I'm still surprised they got away with in the '60s. Mm. Which is uh, speaking of gags, so I'm surprised they got away with in the '60s. The episode where Pebbles is born. <laughs> Anywho, as for uh, wanting to do oh. Filmation's Ghostbusters as episode 101, episode um, one was the real Ghostbusters, so. That kind of takes us full circle. It does. Uh, I was wanting to say something, though. Um, do you know what the gag from the costume shop episode is that I was referring to? No, go ahead. Uh, it's pretty much uh, Fred Barney walk into a costume shop to get you know a costume for the party. And Fred's like, so what costume do you want to get, Barney? And Barney's like, I want to get something that makes me tall. It makes me look tall. And Fred's like, how about another head? Ha, ha, ha. And Barney's like, another one? What would I do with three of them? Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my god, they made a dick joke in the freaking sixties. Though recently, people have questioned that it may not be a said naughty joke and might actually be a meta joke in the fact that uh, Barney, with the fact that in animation you size the characters by heads, and Barney is two and a half heads tall. Oh. But I find that skeptical. Skeptic. I, I, I'm skeptic to that because of the simple fact that the Flintstones really doesn't make meta humor like that. So no, no. The closest you get is it's a living. Yeah. So I'm actually willing to believe the dick joke more. Sadly, I mean it was originally intended for adults. <laughs> so that's what we've got sorted. Now, as for everything else. This is no particular order except Animation Studio. You know, we could just fill these in pretty much as we please. And the first studio I have up is Adelaide Productions. Adelaide Productions. Yep, uh, they did the. They were the principal studio behind Adult Swim's The Boondocks. Ah, they do good work. 
Yeah, we would need a guest for this one, because the Boondocks is very much centered on the Black experience. Something neither of us have lived. Nope. But it is still a wildly popular, well-liked cartoon. So it it's some if we ignore it, that's not a good reflection on us either. Nope. Hey, it's got Sam Jackson in it. Mm-hmm. And that's always a plus in my book. Well, next in alphabetical order is Artmic. This is, again, another one I've only got one entry for on the list. Uh, specifically, Bubblegum Crisis. That's a good that's a good anime. Yeah, it was one of the ones that was coming out in the States here just as anime was kind of slowly rising up to mainstream pop culture. Still very niche, but definitely far more well known than it was previously. Yeah. It was kind of like in that at that point it wasn't like kids were watching it on TV. It was more like, oh, this is one of the it's those it's that Japanese animation the nerds like. Last I checked, it was called Japanimation. Of course, the last time I checked was 1986. Yep. Now we got another uh, one cartoon wonder here as far as this list is concerned. The studio is Astro Base Go. Sounds familiar. Yep, they're, the, the cartoon I have listed for them, The Venture Brothers. Of course. I I love The Venture Brothers. I, I lost... I think I watched it to season three, maybe half of season four. I don't remember where exactly I stopped, but it's the problem I have with a lot of shows where I, I like it, but for some reason I stop and don't get back to it. You and me both. Well, yeah, we do need to branch out into some of the more adult oriented animation. I figure adult swim is the place to go at least to start because it's, Got that tangential connection to Hanna Barbera. I definitely would love which to do is our wheelhouse. Yeah, I definitely love to do Space Ghost Coast to Coast at some point. Up, oh, putting that on the list. Um, I do have to say, a majority of Adult Swim stuff I find, eh, but they definitely have some good stuff in there. I, I do like Venture Brothers. I do like Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Um, but. There's a lot of stuff like Squid Billies and Ten Ounce Mouse that I just kind of look at and like, what the heck is this? Hmm. Actually, I think the big issue I have with a lot of adult anim- adult quotation mark animation is a lot of it. Feel- There's a lot of it that feels like it's being bad on purpose. Fair. All right, next studio, Cartoon Network Studios. I've only got two on the list here because some of these I have listed under the head animation studio. And I think in this case, Cartoon Network Studios was the head animation studio for the two I've got here so far. The original Powerpuff Girls and Steven Universe. Steven Universe, definitely. Powerpuff Girls is in a weird point where it kind of partially was Hanna-Barbera and partially Cartoon Network Studios. It's when, I think it was when they were kind of converting what was left of Hanna-Barbera to Cartoon Network Studios, because I know there's some episodes of Powerpuff Girls that would use the old 80s uh, star logo from Hanna-Barbera, because that was a request on Craig McCracken. Okay. As for Cartoon Network Studios, I'd love to do Adventure Time at some point. And Chowder. Uh, I think Adventure's on the Adventure Time's on the list, just under another studio's name. Frederator, probably. Yeah. Uh, I think Chowder's part of Cartoon Network Studios, though. That should be, that would be a fun one. 
All right, plugging that in. Okay. Next up, Chuck Jones Productions. I've only got one uh, episode in mind here, covering two of his two collaborations with Dr. Seuss, Horton Hears a Who, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Sounds like good. Now, those two are paired together on DVD releases frequently. Before the Patty Freewings are doing the Dr. Seuss stuff. Speaking of which, they're next. Quite a I've f- got uh, two more runs of theatrical shorts here, Ant and the Aardvark and the Inspector, arguably the best known specifically to Patty Freeling shorts outside of Pink Panther. I would love to do the new Fantastic Four. <laughs> that shows a thing. <laughs> okay, and we're counting that as the Patty Freeling and not Marvel? It's before they became Marvel Studios. It was still the Patty Freeling at the time. Okay, plugging that in. As also, I have one of their other Saturday morning output pieces, Baggy Pants and the Nitwits, which I want to cover just because it's called Baggy Pants and the Nitwits. What a name. I mean, that and it's got, it's adapting. Uh, I want to do that because A, what a freaking name. And B, they're adapting a laughing cartoon of an old man hitting on a frumpy woman into children's material. <sighs> wow. I'd say I'm surprised, but Laverne and Shirley in the army exist, so it's hard to be at this point. And rounding out my picks for to Patty Freeling so far is a pair of their Dr. Seuss specials, The Lorax and the Huber Bloob Highway. Oh, I'd love to do uh, Halloween is Grinch Night. Okay. Let's see. Also, maybe the oddball couple, since that's kind of got an interesting bit of history to it. And now, do we pair Halloween as Grinch Night with another Halloween special? Or the Grinch Grinch is the cat in the hat? Ooh, the Grinch Grinch is the cat in the hat. Double Grinch. Still better than Illumination's Grinch movie. <laughs> okay. And you also said the oddball couple. Yeah. It's interesting in the fact that uh, it's based on the odd couple, uh, except they're like a cat and a dog, and even though they have different names, they still have the official license of the odd couple TV show to back the cartoon. So that's interesting. All right, I I think for now that covers the Patty Freeling. I mean, I don't want to put every single thing on the list, just stuff we want to prioritize. Yeah, understandable. Now we're up to Deke. Boy, Deke. Yeah. Do we want to do Captain N or the Mario cartoons? Captain N's on the list. Nice. Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats are on the list. Nice. Super Dave Daredevil for Hire is on the list. I think I personally suggested that one. <laughs> and of course, as you probably surmise from our past conversations, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling is on the list. All good choices. I am one of the few yeah. people that actually like Captain Ian. Most people hate that show, and, well, for good reasons, though. Chrissy enjoys that show a lot. We should bring her on for that episode. Awesome. That would be great. A lot of people hate that show, and I'd say half of it is for good reason. The other half, I think, there is unfair because there really was nothing to base any of these characters on when they made that show. Yeah. Would that have been how I took the characters? Probably not, but there was nothing at the time to say that they weren't like that. 
with the possible exception of Simon Belmont. Yeah, yeah. Simon Belmont, vampire hunter, also finder of lost dogs, pussycats, and loved ones. Also, a personal request, I would like to schedule Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling for whenever WrestleMania comes around next year. I'm cool with that. Yeah, get it in when it's timely. I guess at some point we gotta do one of the Sonic cartoons. Okay. I like two out of three of them. <laughs> Let's pencil in uh, the Saturday the Saturday morning one. It is by far the most popular of them. I do I, I do like that people are warming up to the new adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog now, though, so that's good. Oh, cool. And I think everybody will agree that Underground was garbage. <laughs> All right. Next up alphabetically, the two megaton mouse. Oh, Disney. Uh, yeah. DuckTales, 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 DuckTales. DuckTales is on the list twice. Yay. I One for, once for the original show and once for the 2010 reboot. Which was really good, surprisingly. And we can break this down into three categories, shorts, movies, and TV. For TV, in addition to DuckTales, I have on the list Darkwing Duck, Very good. The Wuzzles, and Gravity Falls. Good choices. The Wuzzles is an interesting choice, but it was like the first TV animated series they really tried, so it definitely deserves to be done. Yeah, we could technically count that as a Deke one, too. Because I think they they were subcontracted by Disney for that. I don't know. I know TMS did the animation for it. Or outsourced oh, okay. the animation to TMS for it. Okay, uh, must have... Uh, TMS we'll get to a little later. <laughs> but I will say that for uh, for when that cartoon was done, the Wuzzles is animated surprisingly really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they have the Disney money, but still. Oh, and one other uh, TV uh, one on here, Gargoyles. Gargoyles is a good choice. Yeah, those are all good choices. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing Tailspin and Rescue Rangers at some point either, or the Aladdin cartoon, since I'm actually quite fond of the Aladdin cartoon. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'll it plug gotten, those in. I feel like as far as... I kind of feel like it's it's kind of gotten forgotten as far as a lot of the Disney afternoon shows go, and it's a pity because it's actually quite good. And I think it had the same head runner, uh, Ted Stone, who was uh, head run uh, Darkwing Duck. All right. Oh, I plugged all three on there. You want to hear an interesting thing about Darkwing Duck? Okay. Did you know Darkwing Duck only exists because Ted Stone thought that Disney got the rights to. Uh, thought Disney got the rights to uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle and was trying to make a Rocky and Bull- new Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon, but then he found out that they didn't have the rights to it. They only had the uh, distribution VHS rights. And- yeah, they were trying to get all kinds of rights back then, actually. I seem to recall something about theme park rides at the time. Yeah. So, But des- Jay Ward's widow went with Universal. Yep. So desperately they tried to... He had to come up with a new cartoon and Darkwing Duck ended up being it. It is a pity, as much as I love Darkwing, I would have liked to have seen what a Disney-styled Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon was going to be like. Uh, I think it was, yeah. I think the title that he had was The Secret Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. And instead of uh, Fractured Fairy Tales, it was going to be... Uh, I don't remember the exact name, but Fractured Horror Tales or something. It was going to be parodies of horror movies. Okay. So moving on to the short subject side of thing, I've only got two picked out, but I think the two we're going to agree on. Donald Duck and the Goofy Solo Shorts. No argument there. 
And feature films, you know, I know we're not going to do those just yet for a little while, but I want to at least get these on the list because there's a bunch in here that have really fascinating stories or I just love or both. Alice in Wonderland, Beauty and the Beast, looking at Robin Hood, wild story there, <laughs> and Encanto. Uh, can, can I ask for Aladdin as well? That's... Kind you of, got it. That's my favorite. You, you don't movie. don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh, wouldn't mind Wreck It Ralph as well, but the first one. Okay, they're both added. All right. Uh, next up, cue your trademark scream, because here comes filmation. Shimer. Uh huh. What we got written for them? Well. See, we're starting to run out of of uh, some of the better stuff. What I have down at the moment are Archie's TV Funnies. I've got Brave Star. Definitely Brave Star. The 1979 Flash Gordon. Also good. And the cartoons from Uncle Croc's Block. We just do one episode on all three of them and call it good. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I, yeah, but it's got to be done. Yeah, I know. It's just those because, are, they're on the list. Yeah. Well, not just because they're on the list, but again, the story of that show being what kicked Filmation off ABC. Yeah. It's just, man, those literally are the absolute worst from Filmation that I have seen so far. I've got Flash Gordon on here twice somehow. Uh, That's weird. Maybe I got it mixed up with another Flash Gordon cartoon. It was the 90s one. What studio did that? Uh, I don't remember. Some, I, I think it was the Hearst Company who owns uh, King Features. They were they went through this phase where they were hiring different studios to try to revive some of their action comics into cartoons at the time because that was this, around the same time that uh, Phantom Twenty Forty and uh, uh, Prince Valiant came out. And let me All tell right. you, I just scrolled th- down. To where Hearst is, and I did see their Flash Gordon on there. Yeah, so I replaced the duplicate entry with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Definitely a good choice. Any other Filmation stuff we want to do? Uh, Blackstar could be interesting, since it's kind of a weird precursor to He-Man. There's the Groovy Goalies Meet the Looney Tunes. Let's see. Um, If you want to see how, if you want to hear the sound engineers of Filmation totally F up Mel Blanc's performance. Yeah, and I'll put Groovy Ghoulie's uh, actual cartoon in there, too. Do we want to do the two Gilgan's Island cartoons? Do we what? Do we want to do the two Gilgan's Island cartoons? Let's just pencil in one of them. Now, listeners, you probably noticed we're dancing around the lack of inclusion of arguably Filmation's most critically acclaimed work. Which is... Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's just too hot button a subject to touch, and it's a crying shame because it really was a brilliant cartoon. But it, it, the legacy of its creator casts such a huge shadow over it right now. Yeah, not something I want to touch right now. Let's see. Oh, The New Adventures of Zorro. I do want to recommend that one. That one's the only time Filmation outsourced their animation to another studio, which was TMS, by the way. Okay, New Adventures of Zorro is on. We have effectively doubled 
our filmation options. They've got so much to talk about for better or for worse. Yeah. All right. Next alphabetically, Frederator Studios. Adventure Time. Yep, that's there. And so is My Life as a Teenage Robot. Another really good choice. I'm glad that she's... I still haven't played that Nickelodeon, like, fighting game. But I, I gotta admit, adding Jenny to it was... Did make it more tempting. Agreed. I might wait until Rocco gets released. Anything else we want to do for Frederator that jumps out at you? Uh, I mean, of course, there's the big one, Fairly Odd Parents, but... Uh, I have mixed feelings on that show. Yeah, same. Especially its creator. So, we won't add it to the list yet. At some point, I definitely wouldn't mind talking about it, but not right now. I will no. say that if there's anything I can say about that show is it's a show that kind of felt like it overstated its welcome. Yeah. So following that, we return to Grant Ray Lawrence with their other Marvel output, the Marvel superheroes. Oh boy. March along, march along, march, march, march along. We are the merry Marvel marching society. I was first exposed to that song by the Lego Marvel game. I'm more familiar with Tony Stark. He'll make you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. Wow. Which they actually do a kind of casino-style version of that in the background of the first Iron Man movie. But when we do get to that, uh, I do want to make sure we cover the the Hulk episode where they swap out the Fantastic Four for the X-Men. Fun. (laughs) Of course, the Fantastic Four rights were with Hanna-Barbera. Yep. I guess if you're going to switch them out with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. What a way to make an animated debut. Uh, well, I think we can all say that the X-Men have had a rough start in getting into animation before <laughs> being in it a lot. <laughs> and uh, we may as well be playing Marvel versus Capcom right now because next alphabetically is Graz Entertainment and Street Fighter. Boy, howdy, is that a show? Yeah. I have to request the episode with the final fight characters. You got it. You hurt my Jessica! Yeah. Wow. There's some acting in this show. Don't be too hasty. Yes! 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 Yeah, after that, we're going to have a lot of trouble picking which episode we want to do. I need to find out. There's one episode where, like, I, I gotta give them credit. Bison says something that's excessively badass. And I need to find out which episode that is because I still can't get over that they that a line that good came in a show that bad. Right. <laughs> which was uh, Cammy attacks uh, Bison for killing her father. And, and then Chun Lee joins in. Yeah, and same thing. He's like, yes, yes, I know. I killed your father, too. Well, I killed my father, too, and you don't hear me complaining about it. <laughs> or you don't hear me whining about it. I'm just like, Either way. It's like, God, that's too, that's too good. It's like hokey, but really awesome at the same time. I mean, not awesome that he did that, but awesome as far as villain quotes go. Rounding out the G's is Guamont Multimedia. 
Is, is, are they the ones who did the Highlander, the animated series? That's what they're on the list for. I, I have a soft spot for this show. Nobody remembers it or cares, but I, I kind of love it. Yep. But it also attacks one of my weaknesses, even though it's a weird way to take the Highlander series. But I love post-apocalyptic stuff. <laughs> yep, I, that was one of your requests that I remembered, so I, I made sure it got on there. Nice. Going from G to H, Hal Seeger Productions and Batfink. Ah, Batfink. A show I love and hate at the same time. Yeah, we're saying that a lot, aren't we? Yeah, but, man. Yeah. Yeah. And Hal Seeger Productions didn't really have very many other productions, did they? No, they made a couple of pilots, but pretty much I think the only things that really got released was Batfink and uh, Milton the Monster. Yeah, we should probably save Milton for later. Yeah. Uh, There was an interesting pilot, I can't remember the name of it at the moment, but it was practically like a cartoon version of The Fugitive, which is kind of (laughs) neat. The idea was... He accidentally pushed this uh, rabbit off this... Uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but he accidentally pushed a rabbit off the side of uh, a pier. And some cops saw it and thought he killed him. And the rabbit went missing. So the character, whose name I can't remember at the moment, is searching to find the rabbit to prove that he's innocent. So while the cops are chasing him every episode. So yeah, it's like kid-friendly version of The Fugitive, which I'm like, that's kind of genius. I would have liked to actually seen where that went. Hmm. True. But alas, yeah. it did not get picked up. And now, the two-ton Great Dane, Hanna-Barbera. Uh, I love Hanna-Barbera. There's so much there to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I've got a long list here. Alphabetically, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, Catanooga Cats, Challenge of the Super Friends, Dexter's Laboratory, Goober and the Ghost Chasers. We've paired up Hokey Wolf and Loopy de Loop together. We got Hong Kong Fooey, Huckleberry Hound, Johnny Quest, the original series, Richie Rich, Ricochet Rabbit, Scooby Doo Mystery Inc., Snagglepuss, and Yogi Bear. Doesn't Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated technically count as a Warner Brothers show? Okay, I can revise that then. I mean, Hannah yeah. Rarer was dead by then. Yeah, so. yeah, you are you would be correct. Though I, I do look forward to talking about that show because man, that show's amazing. Yeah, I put that <laughs> one on there for you. Pup named Scooby Doo was a choice for me. Get that uh that Gene Kennedy kick dance animation going. Mm-hmm. The one place um, it worked. Yeah. So he he put that animation in everything almost everything he did. Like sure tried to push it on Tiny Tunes. Oh yeah, we were got, we were talking about Yogi's Treasure Hunt too. Oh yeah, dude, Yogi's Treasure Hunt is a trip. <laughs> I, I I want to talk about that show because everything I've seen, the what few things I've ever seen about it is just hate, and it, but it's never like actually talks about the show. It's just like this show's forgotten for a reason. And that'll be like all they say, and I'm just like, no, no, this show needs to be talked about because, wow. <laughs> I mean, there's literally an episode that has Yogi parodying and doing a parody of freaking um, General Patton. Right. And 
I would have never, ever in my life expected to see something like that. So from the other stuff we were talking about, I did not put Yaki Doodle on here because I wasn't sure if we wanted to pair Yaki with another character's shorts or what. Because yeah. Snagglepuss, we can get a full episode out of. We actually diagrammed that one out. Yeah. Yogi Bear, we can easily get a full episode out of. Huckleberry Hound, we can easily get a full episode out of. Hokey and Loopy just seem like a natural pairing. Well, uh, we could either, just to give give it a kind of a jellystone feel, we could always try uh, teaming it up with Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy and uh, and the Hillbilly Bears. Hmm. Okay. That way we get those the, the uh, kid trio from Jellystone's <laughs> origins. It's a thought, at least. Do we want to talk about Yogi's gang at some point? At some point. But <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to do Treasure Hunt first. Oh, I would. I prefer Treasure Hunt first. Treasure Hunt's actually fun. Uh, Yogi's gang actually isn't that good. And I'm but... also thinking to myself, maybe we should uh, do Yogi's gang after we've covered every funny animal character who's in it. That's actually a good fair point. But Yogi's treasure hunt is a different beast entirely. Yes. Especially uh, since will... it includes characters we've already gone over in Top Cat and Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Which, that that alone, Dick Dastardly and Muttley and Top Cat being in it alone are reasons to take it before Yogi's Gang. Which, seemingly Top Cat makes a few appearances in Yogi's, excuse me, in Yogi's Gang, but he's not voiced by Arnold Stang in that. It's just uh, Dolls Yeah, I, I believe that was the Yogi's Arc Lark uh... Uh, ABC uh, Saturday Morning Superstar movie that was the pilot. Yep. Yeah, and it's just it, it's it's just Dawes Butler doing his Phil Silver's imitation. And it's like that, that's not Arnold Stang though. It's like he just sounds like Hokey Wolf now. <laughs> As for the Catanooga Cats, I think we could just review one whole episode of the show and cover just about everything. Yep. Get uh, Auto Cat and uh, Motor Mouse, and uh, it's the Wolf. Because, you know, it's it's got to take care of the wolf. Yeah. And around the world in 79 days. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting about that one. I keep focusing on the other two. And as for Richie Rich, I want to do that in another theme month with an option from the next studio on the list, Harvey Tunes. Actually, before we leave Hanna-Barbera, can I potentially add one more? To oh, this of course. I would, like to, I would like to talk about the Pac-Man cartoon. Oh, you got it. I mean, it is the first video game-based cartoon. It It is historically important, even if it's it's an odd show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Done and done. All right. But yeah, for Harvey Tunes, I've only got the one listed on here. It's the only one we've, we've really talked about. Herman and Catnip. Eh, Casper. Though I guess that could also count as famous. Oh, all of these, all of Harvey Tunes actually count. T- technically also count as famous. Okay, studios. well, I'll put Casper down as... as... Casper is at least the, by far the most well-known and historically important one. Also created by Joe Oriello, the guy who would be responsible for the 50s Felix the Cat cartoon. Yeah, but uh, the reason I want to pair, it, pair a Harvey Tunes up with the Hanna-Barbera Richie Rich is because Richie Rich is the most successful character in that stable to not originate in the theaters. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and Richie Rich had a cartoon in the 90s, too, that kind of came and went, mm-hmm. uh, but was more visually accurate to the 
uh, comics than the Hanna-Barbera one was. Okay. There's also was a terrible live-action Netflix show based on Richie Rich, and when I say based, I mean in the very loosest sense of the word. The only common factor is there's a character named Richie Rich, and there's a robot girl named Arona, and that's literally it. <laughs> so rounding out the H's, at least for now, we have Hearst Entertainment, with three you've suggested to me before. The 1996 Flash Gordon, we've got Phantom 2040, and The Legend of Prince Valiant. I'd say two, two out of three of these are good. The Flash Gordon one is not good, but it's still... I still think it's worth talking about. Okay. It's a very odd guest voice actor in it. Oh, shoot, what's his name? Um, the bandmaster for David the, the David Letterman show. Um, Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer, yeah, Paul Schaefer's in it. Huh. He's one of the main characters. Interesting. It's like, yeah, I'm like, that's so weird. All right. <laughs> well, he was doing some voice acting at the time. He was Hermes in Disney's Hercules. Oh, that's true. That is true. Um, it still surprised me. I was just like, Paul Schaefer? Oh, okay. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the scientist guy who I can't remember the name of. Um, that's with uh, Flash and um, Dale. Okay. But yeah, it it's it's a thing. Phantom 2040, I think, is a very ambitious show and a very, actually, really cool show. It's got a really cool atmosphere and everything. The animation is a bit janky, though. Mm. The writing makes up for it, and boy, it, it's it's trying its heart out. I'll give it that. Which is pretty much the exact same thing I can probably say for uh, for uh, for Prince Valiant. Okay. Which was co-funded by the Family Channel, which is weird. Uh, especially considering how surprisingly violent it is at times. Mm. Uh, but Prince Valiant is also very ambitious. It's a very cool show. I rewatched it in stream in my streams recently, and I was surprised by how good it was. Animation is clunky, <laughs> but it's still really, it's still really cool. And it's got uh, Robbie Benson in it as a uh, Prince Valiant. We've got Alan Oppenheimer as Merlin. We've got a. Uh, James Avery, Uncle Phil, as one of the Knights of the Round Table. Okay. Well, let's save some of this description for the actual episode, of course. Yeah. And speaking of things you could go on for days about, we're on to Jay Ward. Ah! Ah, Jay Ward. I, I, I think I owe a lot to Jay Ward for some of my writing and humor styles, and probably my love of bad puns. I've got nearly everything he did on this list right now. In alphabetical order, we've got Crusader Rabbit, Dudley Do-Right. I put together Fractured Fairy Tales and Aesop and Son because they're similar premises. George of the Jungle, Mr. Peabody's Improbable History, of course, Rocking Bullwinkle, Super Chicken, and Tom Slick. Well, the only thing you're missing in there is like Hoppity Hooper. Yeah, I think the only one we're going to have a hard time approaching is Rocking Bullwinkle itself. Yeah, and that might be a case where we just have to, like, do one of the storylines. Yeah, yeah, it might be, we might just approach it the same way we approach a theatrical feature. Makes sense. Once we crack that code. As much as I, as much as I love Rocky and Bullwinkle, I have to say that my personal favorite J-Word cartoon that is uh, Super Chicken, I 
adore that show. Fair. Fair. But we're not done with the Jays yet. We've got Joe Murray Productions on the list for Rocco's Modern Life. I love that show. I, I love Rocco's Modern Life because I, I just love the concept of taking a stuff from every day and just make exaggerating it to egg exaggerant proportions mm-hmm. uh, a concept that arguably they they took in a similar but different way with uh, the regular show on cartoon network okay but i, I just love that and rocco is just such a likable character garbage day is a very dangerous day he i i'm so looking forward to uh when he gets added to the nickelodeon all-star brawl because i have no idea how how rocco is going to play but he was the when they first announced that game he was the character i wanted from the start and i'm happy that he's finally there they uh, apparently was leaked that he's gonna have his bowling shirt as his alt costume nice I, that's awesome I'm actually surprised they didn't play that game when it's the introduced Garfield I almost did but I don't know. Oh, I gotta put Garfield and Friends on here. Yeah, that would be uh, Film Roman, I think, is the company that released that. If I remember right. I'm gonna do that in two parts. Garfield and Friends definitely needs to be talked about because Garfield's a weird kind of character these days because it's like he's been memed all over the place and it's like you can't tell if people like him or hate him anymore. <laughs> But I, I have to say, and some people might disagree with me, and that's fine, but I actually like Garfield and Friends better than the actual Garfield comics. There's a good reason for that, which we'll get into when we do that episode, but I think we should split that into two parts, because there's enough good U.S. Acres material to make its own episode. I agree. And Frank Roker does have to cast in that. <laughs> Drink as well, Frank. As well as we have, uh, oh shoot, uh, we got the voice of Grimlock as uh, as uh, Orson. Mm-hmm. All right, who's also Odie? Also, da, 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 I always like that light motif. Uh, now I miss Lorenzo music. Wow, I wonder if Frank appearing in this show so much is a pre is kind of a precursor to. Frank getting hired to be the new Garfield. There's no easy way to transition out of this. Actually, there kind of is, from one comic strip cat to another. We go to King Features Entertainment. Crazy Cat. Yep. Crazy Cat and Defenders on the Earth, which I have listed here as a co-production between King Features and Marvel. Yep. And Stan Lee wrote the theme song. Okay. <laughs> Crazy Cat's an interesting beast. I love the Crazy Cat comic strips because they're so surreal and strange. The cartoon... Sometimes it actually feels like it's trying, but a lot of times it just feels like it goes with cartoon... Cartoon... Business as usual. usual. Yeah, cartoon business as usual. I do like Crazy's voice in it. I also like the voice that Paul Fries does for Ignatz in it. Which is weird because there's a pilot animation for Crazy Cat where uh, instead of using the usual Ignatz voice that Paul Fries does, he uses Boris's voice for Ignatz, and it's so weird. Wow. <laughs> but uh, Defenders of the Earth is an interesting show. You got they 
put a whole bunch of uh, character, uh, a whole bunch of King Features characters together, plus gave them kids. Kids start to take center stage because you know. But also, Dell dies in like the first episode, which was kind of like what. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, probably should stop. Uh, also made Ming green, I guess, to try to make him less racially insensitive. Yeah, that seemed to be the way of things after uh, what was done with the Mandarin in the 90s Iron Man cartoon. Which I probably should mention what they did in the 90s Flash Gordon cartoon is they just made Ming the Merciless and all of his all of his race into like lizard people. Oh. And yet, like, Flash still has the hots for his daughter. So, you know, which is also one of the weird changes they did. Instead of, like, all these girls having the thing for Flash, it's now Flash has the thing for all these girls, and the girls don't seem to give him any time of day. And I'm just like, ha. Huh. It's like, so that's how you're going to do it in the 90s. All right. <laughs> but, anyways. On to Marvel Productions. Got some interesting things in there. Yeah, uh, specifically I have listed Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends and Spider-Woman. Stuff that would have been Sunbow I have listed under Sunbow. I think Spider-Woman actually was still to Patty Freeling at the time. Hmm. Okay. Interesting Interesting note, though, about Spider-Woman. Has uh, the original guy from the 60s Spider-Man cartoon reprise his role as Spider-Man for two episodes. Oh, neat. Other shows, though, from Marvel Inter... Inter- uh, Marvel that would be interesting to talk about is uh, would be Muppet Babies. All right, because they did that. They had an '80s just Spider-Man cartoon that might be interesting. Maybe on that, the RoboCop cartoon's interesting. Maybe Pride of the X-Men. And if we want to do something bad, uh, I would recommend the nearly lost Pandemonium. A show I literally spent years looking for, and uh, I want to get something out of the effort of looking for that show. Fair. Okay, those because, have been added. Oh, oh, and maybe the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. That one might be worth mentioning just because at one point it was considered the most violent cartoon on television. My, how times have changed. For the times... It it did do so. It did have some pretty scary imagery. I will say that. So moving along, I got MGM Studios on the list briefly with Droopy and Red and the Wolf. Shouldn't we have Tom and Jerry in there? Probably. I I figure Tom and Jerry should be hung on to for it for a milestone episode. Want to pencil True. them in for one fifty? Yeah, I think that'd be good. I mean, it it, it is literally the flagship. MGM cartoon, so. And what got Hanna-Barbera's name out there. Alright. Granted, now that I think about it, Tom and Jerry is going to be a difficult subject, because, I mean, you got the Hanna-Barbera era, you got the Chuck Jones era, you got the Gene Deitch era. We could get a month out of just the theatrical end of Tom and Jerry. Easy. Yeah. And that's not even getting into, like... When Hanna Barbera Productions and Filmation got a hold of it, I think of all the TV productions that Tom and Jerry had, the one I'd give the most credit for is probably the the Warner Brothers one that was in like I think the two thousands, which is Tom and Jerry Tales. I think it's the one that it definitely tried the hardest to be up there with the theatrical cartoons. It doesn't succeed, but it feels like they were trying. Well, we'll so. stop with the two uh, sets of theatrical. 
two episodes on the theatrical shorts just to start. Yeah. Okay, here's what I want to expand a little more. Nelvana. Beetlejuice. 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 I I have them li- co-listed with Warner Brothers. It's showtime! And the only other one I have on the list right now is Sam and Max Freelance Police. That would definitely be the other one I would recommend. I know Nelvana's got other stuff, but those are always the two I think of first. I mean, because I know the channel Kubo used to be all Nelvana stuff for a while there. But yeah, the two Nelvana shows I think of first are those two, which is... Which, uh, Beetlejuice is really good. Surprisingly, holds up pretty well. Uh, except for the last season. The last season gets pretty, uh, But, uh, the first couple seasons holds up pretty well. Um, and Sam and Max is severely underrated. That show deserved better. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it also has my favorite get around the censors gag, which is, uh, which was a censors when in, in the comics, uh, in the Sam and Max underground comics, like Sam has this exaggerated like Colt, Colt gun, and uh, Max uses a Luger, and the uh, when they the censors wouldn't let them do that because those are guns that kids with the telling them that you can't use those guns because kids could get a, theoretically get a hold of those guns. So to respond to that. Every scene where they'd use a gun, they'll use a bazooka, a flamethrower, a Tommy gun, a freaking tank. Oh, dear. <laughs> Just to get back at the sensors, practically. It's like, because kids can't get a hold of those guns. Well, maybe in Texas. Oh. <laughs> well, allegedly Alex Jones has a tank. Oof. Well... At the moment, he's tanking. (laughs) Anyhow, next studio. Specifically, Pixar. Ooh, there's so much. Yeah, I've narrowed it down to three movies. Namely, Coco, Monsters, Inc., and WALL-E. I have to talk about one of the Toy Story movies, and not four. (laughs) Let's make it two. All right, two's good. That was when I think they really started to pick up the quality. Yeah. Four, four, upset, four upsets me that it exists. Because <laughs> three just felt like the perfect ending. And it, it really it really hit my heart. It's like one of the few movies that at the end I actually cried. And then oh. like, oh. So when they announced Toy Story 4, it was just like, you just made all of those feelings I had feel like they were for fucking nothing. Sorry, I... No, 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 that's button. fine, that's fine. This is a bonus episode, we can get away with it. But I mean, that that's just gives you an idea of how... Yeah, I didn't, didn't like that. <laughs> also, I want to do some episodes on their uh, on their short subjects. Ooh, like the, uh, the snowman? The snowman, uh, Jerry's Game, uh, Night and Day, the one with the singing volcanoes... The the one with the, uh, what was it, the little marching band guy? Oh, Presto, that's another good one. Yeah. And there's there's the one with all those birds on the wire. The shorts are almost as good as the, like, actual movies. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's usually the testing ground for new techniques. Also, Jerry's Game was directed by Karen Prell, who you'd know best as the voice of Red and performer of Red Fraggle. Nice! My favorite of Jim Henson's projects. 
I, I love Fraggle Rock. Yeah. I think we'll probably wind up doing the shorts one first because that fits our f- current format better. We'll look at movies when we crack the movie code. Sounds good. But I do, want, want... I do want to make sure they're at least on here to remind ourselves, hey, we got to figure this out. Yeah, I definitely want to do the the snowman, the the snowman and the snow globe one because that's that was I remember seeing that before I remember seeing that and thinking it was just absolutely amazing. So yeah, that that was that was like Chuck Jones level timing in that one. And early early Pixar. Mm-hmm. All right, moving along, Rankin Bass. See now that we've we've done Mister uh, Reluctant Dragon, Mister Toad, and we're doing. Uh, Tom Foolery and the Rudolph special, we've eliminated a lot of Rankin Bass's work that isn't movies. Yeah, a lot of their stuff is, uh, a lot of their bread and butter was pretty much doing all the uh, TV specials. And we'll do um, more of them eventually, but there's just so many different TV specials to get to yet. But still, Rankin Bass makes it on the list for Thundercats. Thunder, thunder, thundercats! Oh, I wouldn't mind. I also wouldn't mind tackling their uh, King Kong cartoon. Okay, King Kong, it is. It's on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like I'm trying to think of the other TV stuff. And the only other thing I can think of is there's that comic strip show, but I'm just kind of. Like, eh. There's also Silverhawks. Oh, Silverhawks, yeah. But I think we can wait until after we do Thundercats first. Yeah, actually, the same thing with comic strip because one of the shows in the comic strips is. Yeah, Tiger Sharks. Yeah. Comic strip, we could probably split into two episodes. Street Frogs! Oh, that's a mess. Just the the title alone makes me laugh. Continuing in alphabetical order, we are now on Ruby Spears. Uh, Let's see, what do we have for... Currently, doc, doc, eh, currently on the docket for Ruby Spears. Right now, I've only got listed two more Saturday Supercade entries, Donkey Kong and Qbert. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I wish, wish those weren't I wish those weren't such lost media at this point, because I would love to do Pitfall, but there's... can't find those episodes in... even in... Watchable is, like, highly, highly quotation marks. I figured I'd let you pick the other Ruby Spears stuff we do. We've I already done Thundar. Yeah. God, and that's like the crown jewel. Uh, I would say uh, Plastic Man and their Superman cartoon would definitely be worth doing. Oh, that's right. We did talk about doing their Superman cartoon. Their Superman cartoon is actually surprisingly really good. I've even got an well, ad already recorded for that. While, while Thundar is my favorite cartoon that they did... If I had to pick a cartoon that was that they did that was best by overall quality, it's definitely their Superman cartoon. Mm. I mean, the only reason it didn't get a second season was it didn't get enough ratings to make up for how much money they spent on it. Yeah, much. and for goodness sakes, Marv Wolfman worked on it. Yeah. Heck, the composer of it is the same guy who composed the background music for DuckTales. Okay. It's the literally the only time I can think of where I watched a cartoon by a different company and immediately recognized the composer. And I was like, because I was just like, what, when I first watched, because I actually hadn't watched it until like, I'd say in the last 20 years. Because um, I didn't watch it as a kid. And 
when I watched it, I was just like, this music sounds really familiar. I feel like I'm watching an episode of DuckTales. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, well, that's why. <laughs> um, also got animation. Uh, the animation is split up between Toei and uh, Wang Studios slash Cuckoo's Nest, I think. And the, the Toei episodes look really good. The Cuckoo's Nest episodes, they're passable. Okay. I think that does it for Ruby Spears for the moment. Yeah. We don't need to subject you to act to Fang Face too soon. No, I don't need to relive that. Well, actually, Crunchy and I relived that recently, but you'll that's in the future. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I was like, what about, uh, I briefly was thinking maybe, maybe uh, Goldie Golden Action Jack, but nah. Yeah, this is nah. another one to save for later. Yeah. Especially in the face of the next studio in alphabetical order, Seven Arts. Good old Johnny Cipher. Should we recruit Crunchy for this, or will he put up a restraining order if we ask? <laughs> I, I, I think we should at least ask him. Okay. Freaking, <laughs> I really need to do a cartoon catastrophe episode on on Johnny Cipher too, because man. That is a show. <laughs> and if you're wondering, Marine Boy is co-listed under Terabidoga and Seven Arts. Yeah, that was that one's got an interesting history. The history of that show is probably more interesting than the show itself. Yeah, a history we'll save for later, of course. Yep. Next alphabetically, though, is Sneoosh Incorporated. They did Hey Arnold. Oh, hey, nice. That's a major favorite of my college roommate Jason Wolzanski, who was the guy who introduced me to Angry Beavers. So I Yeah. Um and I there's an interesting really... story about its origins too. It was originally in the Simpson uh magazine. Exactly. I know that. I've actually not really watched Hey Arnold uh very much. And I think it's the same thing as Angry Beavers. I think it came during a period where I didn't have cable. Makes sense. And... So I just didn't watch anything, and mysteriously, when I got cable back, was pretty much when Invader Zim came on. Okay. So, should I put Invader Zim on? I would like Invader Zim on there. Um, is that does, who? What's the studio that did that? Was it just Nickelodeon? Or I'll double check. Viacom. Anyhow, the next studio on our list is Stretch Films. Oh, uh, coward, uh, courage, cowardly dog. Yep. Of course I want to do Courage. Courage is great. See, we Gilbert Godfrey wrote an episode of it. Oh! I think the most baffling episode I remember of that show is there's an episode about a space whale that lands in their front yard. And it's so bizarrely random. (laughs) I I, I jokingly say that I I jokingly say that Muriel reminds me of my mom. (laughs) I'll tell you what's random, Pembroke! Ooga booga booga! <laughs> I need to watch that Scooby Doo uh, Courage crossover movie they made because that that looks like it could have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the creator of Courage had nothing to do with that, though. <sighs> but I do know that there's a scene where Yusuf pulls the mask on Scooby, Shaggy, and Courage. So yes. Following that, also- we have Studio Dean on the list. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, Ronma one half. Ah, yes. 
Oh, that that's that's one of the shows that got me into anime. Yeah, I I think that's that's almost the same for me. But I, but I think it's it's just it's a seminal point in Japanese animation and manga. That it's, and I think we sh- I think we should give it its due because it is kind of fading from the spotlight a bit now. It's been getting a weird sort of resurgence because I've been seeing fan art getting randomly drawn of it, but yeah, nothing really big. Um, I do kind of hope with the fact that they're reviving Yersia Yatsura that they might revive Ronma as well at some point. Okay. I'd see. That would be nice. I don't know if they will or not, but Ukiyo is best best Ronma girl. I'm just going to throw mm. that out there. I'm a shampoo guy. Understandable. People actually are surprised that I'm not a shampoo guy, but mainly because she looks remarkably close to Arumika Takashi girl. I do like a lot. <laughs> so we we can take those two out of the picture and uh, leave Ranma no choice but Akane in our dreams. <laughs> and you know what? Those two really deserve each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, Ryoga's best character, but also throwing that out there. Okay. I, I kind of agree. <laughs> Next, alphabetically, Sunbow Entertainment. Transformers! Had a feeling you'd say that. I mean, if people could see my room right now. (laughs) Also on the list for Sunbow, I've got G.I. Joe, co-listed with Marvel. I've got My Little Pony and Gem and the Holograms. I think we should do the Inhumanoids. Okay, Inhumanoids. It's a... Surprisingly, it's another one of the cartoons that you're kind of surprised by, like, that they were able to do it for a kid show because, man, a lot of disturbing imagery in that show. A lot of violence. And when we do My Little Pony, I want to specifically request the Crab Nasties episode. All right. Can we do the, uh, can we do the, uh, the pilot slash special, um, the, uh, Midnight Castle? Sure. Because I actually, legitimately like that <laughs> and i know somebody uh who might who has done panels on the original my little pony toys and fandom uh lives out in seattle her name's beth tennis if her schedule will allow i'd like to bring her on for that episode that'd be cool yeah for some of those brief moment in the sun i think those four mostly cover it uh something's telling me somebody did something else i gotta oh I gotta plus and humanoids bit. but you know, I'm not including the other shorts that were on My Little Pony. Those can be later. Yeah. No, uh, something else. I, I gotta check something else on Sunbow real quick. You can edit this out, but it's in my head and I gotta, I gotta know. Let's see. Yes! Uh, yeah, there is another show that Sunbow resp- has credit for that we might want to talk about. They co-produced it with Graz Entertainment and Fox Children's Productions. Do you know what it is? No. The Tick. Sumbo slash Graz. The Tick is on the list. Because you are correct. I would like to talk about that. Yeah, I, I was. my brain was saying The Tick over and over, and I was like, was that them? Oh, they also did Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars. Did you say Bucky? I said Bucky. <laughs> Fuck you, he's a funky fresh rabbit who can take care of it. What a so, uh, theme song. A, it's so freaking 90s, but weirdly catchy at the same time. Uh, actually, geez, 
Uh, Bucky O'Hare at the Toad Wars has a lot of co-production lists. Mm. Sunbow, Abrams, Gentile Entertainment, Continuity Comics, IDDH, and Marvel Productions. Wow. Mm. I don't know if Bucky's one we need to do, but I mean, it might be worth holding on for possible. Okay. Seems the last cartoon they did was in 2004. It was a Cramp Twins. I'll put it on. I'll put Bucky on. Okay. See, I, I'm just surprised Sunbow lasted longer than I thought they did. I didn't think they were alive in the 2000s. Me neither. So I noticed a couple requests on one of our, our uh, YouTube uploads for uh, a couple that I believe were by Tatsunoko called Superbook and The Flying House, respectively. Be interesting to do. I've never seen The Flying House. I did, however, see Superbook. So okay. I, I remember... They did an Adam and Eve episode and Adam and Eve were naked. And I don't, I don't remember how they got around that now, but I just remember that I saw that. So, but yeah, no, uh, which is just interesting. Just something interesting about, you know, Japanese anime versions of the Bible. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'd totally eat out for Superbook. The Bible is the Superbook. Following that, we have the aforementioned Terry Doga Seven Arts collaboration, Marine Boy. And then we move into Terry Tunes again. I've only got listed Mighty Mouse and the Gene Deitchiers. I'd like to do the Mighty Heroes. Mighty Heroes is on, then. While it may have been his early works, that's my favorite thing that Ralph Bakshi ever created, is the Mighty Heroes. In fact, I actually like Ralph Bakshi's early work way better than, like, his... 70s era work and on. And you just reminded me, we should also put Super 6 on here from DePatty Freeling. Ooh. Ooh, yes! I've got DVD quality episodes of that. So yes, I 100% agree with that. Okay. Next alphabetically is TMS Entertainment, a.k.a. Tokyo Movie Shinsha. Lupin the Third! I've got First Batch of Lupin, Second Batch of Lupin, and Lupin the Third Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, the third Lupin series, if I can get good episodes of it, would be interesting because that one's weird. <laughs> and also um, for TMS Entertainment, The Mighty Orbots. That show got robbed. That's all I have to it say. It did. F you, Tonka. I'm glad, it, I'm glad Hasbro owns you. Hmm. Well, maybe. Anyways... Also, if, if we're not going to do TMS, I would also recommend uh, Galaxy Galaxy High. Galaxy High. And uh, and maybe Bionic 6. I think they co-produced that with somebody before they had to go back to Japan, pretty much. Also done. Let's see. Also, now I've mentioned Tonka, I'm wondering if we should do Challenge of the GoBots at some point. Well, that was Ruby Spears, right? Or was that Hanna-Barbera? No, Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera. That could be like an interesting month. Like we for we do a robot month, and like, and, and like one of them will be Transformers, and one of them will be GoBots. Okay, that's a good thought. I think that wraps my up. opinion. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I'm just gonna say that I've rewatched episodes of GoBots recently, and it's better than I remembered it being. It's actually enjoyable, but man, it's no Transformers, <laughs> and. And for any negative you can say about some of the hokey cheesiness of Transformers, oh, that goes 
20 times worse on GoBots. <laughs> I think that wraps it up for the, for the studios under the letter T. On to you now. Starting with Universal Cartoon Studios. Of course, Back to the Future's on there. That's a show. That is an interesting, interesting show. I've I've said this a lot, but I kind of have a weird like-hate relationship with it. Universal also did the Earthworm Jim cartoon. Do you want to add that? I'd like to do that, as long as we... I, I think we might want to avoid talking about Doug Tanapple as much as possible, though. True. Um, but yeah, I'd be okay with doing the Earthworm Jim cartoon. And the only other one I have under the letter U is UPA. Ooh, though thinking of... One of the guys that worked on the Earthworm Jim cartoon did remind me of another Disney cartoon I wouldn't mind talking about at some point. What's that? And when I say someone who worked on it, I do not mean Doug Tenapple, by the way. I just want to mention okay. that. Um, uh, Dave the Barbarian. Dave the Barbarian. You got it. I, I like to describe Dave the Barbarian as it's what would happen if you did a Jay Ward cartoon, but you hyped everybody up on like 50 tons of caffeine first. Oh, <laughs> sounds like my kind of show. Yeah, it's really good. I, I It's very underrated, but I thought it was really good. As for UPA, I've only got two things listed here so far. They're Dick Tracy cartoons for TV and the theatrical film Gay Paris. We probably should talk about Mr. Magoo at some point. All right. I feel like I'm not as familiar with UPA as I really should be, considering they were a big monumental studio at the time. But yeah, I, I Mr. Magoo was their big franchise, so that would be interesting to talk about. Done and done. And, po and possibly Gerald McBoing-Boing, -boing, since that weirdly got a revival in the 2000s. You got it. And that was a Dr. Seuss creation. I actually didn't know that. Not surprised, though. It does feel like... Yeah, that does feel like his style. <laughs> yeah, it got revived in, like, the 2000s as a kindergarten cartoon, which was interesting. But it worked. Yeah. From what I saw of it, anyway, when I would be getting up early for work and just turned it on for some background noise. Ooh, I did think of one company that had a show I... If I can find episodes, I wouldn't mind talking about. The Renegade Studios' Mr. Mr. and Miss... Mrs. Min show. That's the man and little miss, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Thank you. I thought that was actually a surprisingly fun cartoon show, and it's based around characters that I grew up with as a little kid, and also introduced my kid to. So. Yeah, I grew up with those two and introduced my nieces to them, so absolutely, it's on there now. That's about okay. it for you. Now, for V, I just have various, as in these are subjects... That don't encompass one studio. Alright. So I've got for subjects Cartoons at Arms, Animation, and World War II. Interesting. Yeah, I want to do uh, Defira's Face, the Disney cartoon. The uh, I'd like to do uh, Russian Rhapsody, you know, with the gremlins from the Kremlin. Yeah. I'd like to do a private snafu short. And round it out with, with uh, a Popeye okay. short that fits in the World War II theme. I would have liked to have done one of the Daffy ones, but that's fine. Oh, well, Scrap Happy Daffy or the Draft Dodger one could be could be substituted in for a private snack. I, I, the Draft Dodger one would be great. Yeah. That one would be fantastic. We'll, we'll oh, think about it. I, I did remember another Ruby Spears cartoon that I would like to talk about. Oh, 
Oh, okay, scrolling back down. That I, I'm surprised that we didn't mention at the time. Which one? Mega Man. You got it. You got Mega Man. Super, super fighting robot Mega Man. Now another one that didn't wasn't one particular studio, but these two specials we talked about wanting to do: Doonesbury and the Far Sides animated specials. That would be definitely interesting. I've not seen the Doonesbury one, or if I did, I was really young and I don't remember it very well. I think I have a vague memory of it, but you're not sure. My dad kind had of... the uh, the uh, published picture book of the script, and I inherit I. He gave it to me, and I got it signed by Gary Trudeau. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, I thought there was only one Farsight special. I only recently found out there was two of them. Oh, huh. Maybe we'll have to so, pair Doonesbury with something else then and just cover both Farsight specials. Possibly. I have not fully seen the second one. I only found out about it because Baker played it in one of his streams, and I was just like, wait, there was a second one? <laughs> I know that there was also animated shorts, uh, animated specials with Kathy, but I don't remember <laughs> anything other. Yeah, the the only thing I remember is I definitely saw them as a kid. That's all I remember. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I remember Kathy crying <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> and the last one I have that's no particular studio as a subject is Ub Iwerks after Disney. Uh, we could talk about Flip the Frog and the. Uh, Flip the Frog, yeah. Willie Whopper, uh, his color stuff, and he did some yeah. work for Warner. I believe he was the guy who came up with Gabby the Goat. Looks like a design he would have came up with, yeah. Um, wh- who they brought back for one of the Looney Tunes cartoons, surprisingly. Not the current one they're doing, but the one before this. Okay. Um, which was a surprise. But yeah. again, since uh, there's that crossover with Warner itself, it's not a, a one-studio thing, so that's why it's in various... She talked about that really weird balloon land like short he did. It's not as weird as the movie Fun in Balloon Land. I am unfamiliar with that one, and I think I might want to stay that way. <laughs> I'll just say one word, and you'll know all you need to know. Riff tracks. That tells me everything. But uh, yeah, Balloon Land. I actually, I actually even did a commentary with uh, Crunchy over that one. But mm-hmm, I remember that one was. Yeah, but that was one that's always stuck in my head because I think I first saw it on Pee-wee's Playhouse and I just thought it was really weird. And Sounds about brain, right. A lot of his and, stuff wound up there. Yeah, and that one I just thought was really, really weird and it just, for some weird reason, it just bothered me as a kid. I don't know why, but I never could just forget it. It was like one of those that just lived rent-free in my head, for lack of better words. Flip the Frog... Uh, I haven't seen much of that. I would be really cool with seeing more of that because I'm not as familiar with that one as I wish. I also know that one got surprisingly racy in areas with like characters actually just straight up saying, damn. Yeah, that sounds about right. And Willy Whopper, like, that's a, that's a perilous one. That one was, yeah. Anyhow. Bland. Yeah. Anyhow, speaking of W's, on to the W Studios with Walter Lance. Woody Woodpecker. Yep. I got him and I got Chili Willy. I have a very big soft spot for Woody, so that sounds terrible. But regardless, 
Um, I actually got the, uh, fairly recently, I got the uh, Soda Funko figure of Woody Woodpecker. Nice! Um, but yeah, I, I like Woody Woodpecker. I think he's, he feels, he's still kind of popular. Universal uses him as the mascot for their their uh, studio. But he feels like he's in the process of fading, and I that, that would be really sad if that happened. Yeah. I mean... I guess they tried to bring him back with, the, with that terrible live action movie and that even more terrible set of web cartoons. But yeah. Let's see, Woody feels like a character that, that need that he's trying to come back at every attempt he makes kind of just falls on its face. And, I, and that even goes for his nine, like late nineties, early two thousands revival. Hmm. It came at a time period where you kind of felt like, okay, this is the time period you could do a new old school style Woody cartoon. And, you know, with like the 90s style humor that was popular when that came out. And no, they just made it as bland as possible. And I was just like, man. And now the last of the big names on my list, Warner Brothers. Well, we got Mysteries Incorporated. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I've divided Animaniacs into five parts. Go for it. Part one, the Warners themselves. Part two, Slappy Squirrel. Part three, Pinky and the Brain. My personal favorite. Part four, Other Assorted Nuts. And part five, the Hulu Revival. I need to watch the second season of that. I actually like the first season of it. See, the first season... The- the first season of the Hulu revival, like when they got to the first Pinky and the Brain episode, like there was so much great back and forth gags with them that I actually shed a tear because it was like, I forgot just how much I missed these two. Mm-hmm. Like that was how good that was. But yeah, dude, Pinky and the Brain, the Warners and Slappy, literally those are my three favorite shorts. I think those are the three that hold up the best and have the widest variety of gags to them. Because uh, Buttons and Mindy... One gag. I really don't like that one. It's like, let's just be mean to a dog for a whole five minutes or longer. And the hip hippos, one gag. The only the only positive I can give the hip hippos is the voices that Frank Welker and Trust McNeil do for those two characters are freaking hysterical. And Rita and Runt, uh, just kind of yeah. there. Uh, we got Frank Welker doing a good Rain Man imitation. True. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, and good, feathers, good Feathers, also one gag. Yeah. The, uh, the, the best positive I have is the, the West Side Story parody they did was actually pretty good. But they did a good parody just, of the birds. That's true, too. Huh. But, yeah, But the whole honestly, thing centers around uh, that whole... Goodfellas misunderstanding bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get, I, I know a lot of people will hate me for saying this, but when Hulu announced that they were just having the Warners and peeking their brain, I actually was not as upset about this as most everybody else was. I was like, I, I hate that Slappy's gone, but to be honest, um, those are the two strongest ones. And Yeah. And, you know, we can squeeze in the little miniature interstitials in between each part. You know, like, one part we can 
talk a couple mime time bits. One part we can talk of a couple good idea, bad ideas, and so on. Kitty kaboom. Speaking of only one joke. Or chicken boo. Yeah, also one joke. Now, if there's anything I'll give the Hulu one credit for, what they did with Chicken Boo, I lost my crap on that. I don't know if you saw that episode, but... I, I have not seen much of the Hulu at all. They do something with Chicken Boo, and man, yeah, yeah, I was... They they caught me really off guard with it, and I I literally lost it. So that's all I have to say. That might be that might be one of the episodes we have to do for the Hulu revival. I've also got four episodes listed just for Batman the Animated Series. Love that show. Because we, I still have the notes for the Harley Quinn episode. I don't know if um, we're going to get that guest again. Uh, you know, her, her schedule is busy. Yeah. What were the episodes that we were choosing for that? Uh, it was uh, Joker's Favor and Mad Love. Good episodes. Also, it allows us to talk about the differences in those two particular seasons. I think we could also get full podcasts out of their work with Mr. Freeze and Two-Face. Two-Face is my favorite villain in Batman, especially that version. Yeah. Other episodes I think would be worth interest mentioning are two episodes that are my personal favorites, which is, uh, God, now I can't even, the Dream episode, uh, Perchance a Dream. And uh, almost got him. And heck, I'll throw Scarface in there because that's also a pretty interesting episode. Do we want to pair Scarface up with uh, the Mad Hatter's debut? Perfect. Sounds good. Actually, if we do that, we might want to do that one before we cover Perchance a Dream for reasons. Yeah. Yeah, reasons. (laughs) And I've also got listed the Mask of the Phantasm movie. A darn good movie. Now, for Warner Brothers short subjects, so far I've got the Bugs and Daffy Hunting Trilogy, Bob Clampett's take on Daffy Duck, i got Foghorn Leghorn, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, Tweety and Sylvester, and Yosemite Sam. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It, it's a much. start. I mean, we could just pick subjects out of a hat for the Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies and be happy. Yeah, I mean, there was a part of me that was like Marvin the Martian, but there's not really that many Marvin the Martian shorts. We've already really covered uh, Duck Dodgers. Yeah. And that doesn't leave us with much. Yeah. I was so. thinking maybe uh, we could do Bugs's other adversaries. That could be good. You know, Because then right. we could get a Taz episode in, because doing a single Taz episode would be good. Oh, dang, no, now I just thought about how we could do a Taz episode. That would be really good. Yeah, Taz can headline his own. Yeah, we could do like one of the Bugs Bunny ones and then follow it with his one time interacting with Daffy. Yeah. Which gets my favorite Daffy line ever. I might be a coward, but I'm a greedy little coward. Oh, we should also do the Opera Trilogy. That would work. But yeah, for Bugs' other adversaries, I figure Marvin headlines that. Maybe we could get two shorts in there. And then the other half could be Rocky and Muggsy and maybe... uh. Gossamer, or The Crusher, or Pete Puma. This could all be good. Definitely Muggsy and, uh, yeah, the gangsters. Yeah. I've also got uh, uh, Static Shock on the list for Warner Brothers. 
definitely be a good one to tackle. Yeah, we, we got to talk about Dwayne McDuffie at some point, and what better than his signature creation? And I definitely, I it's definitely a show I'd like to rewatch. So I'm definitely up for that. It's interesting. I had a thought for a second. Um, I think it would be cool to do his the episode where that focuses on him teaming up with Green Lantern, so we could really showcase Philomar's range. That would be good. I, I was just, uh, when you mentioned the offer trilogy on uh, Bugs, it just reminded me that one of the episodes that we probably should do on uh, Woody Woodpecker is the Barber of Seville. Okay. Also, I, um, this is where I put Beetlejuice with Warner and Nelvana. And I put uh, Police Academy in here since Warner co-produced that with Deke. Oh, boy. That's a cartoon. <laughs> I've had trouble finding episodes of that, but I might be able to do it now. But, uh, yeah, that was a... Wait, it was Deke? For some reason, I thought that was Ruby Spears. Huh. Yeah, that Police Academy cartoon's something. I remember they really tried to push some toys on that, too. I had a few of them. I watched those movies, but, man, that still seems like a weird franchise to make make a cartoon series out of. A bit. I mean, by that point, it had shed its R rating, and it was strictly PG. True. But still... Yeah, still. I mean, the first two movies were definitely oof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the litter box! The litter box! Someone re- literally getting his head shoved up a horse's... Oh my. <sighs> Moving along! <laughs> Anyways. We return to uh, Will Benton Productions because there is a well, best... Actually, of... Oh, you got something else for we've... Warner? Yeah, we, we gotta talk about Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tune One of the shows that I, I'm not. I, I admit my memories of Tiny Tune Adventures are very vague. I need to rewatch that show, but it it's one of the shows that's practically responsible, arguably responsible for reviving TV animation in the '90s. So more than fair. Okay, it's on there, and we're getting towards the end of the list oh, now. Okay, I, I have to give another Warner one. Okay, two more Warner ones. Okay, Freakazoid. And the Superman animated series. And I already know one of the episodes I'm doing for Superman, and you can't stop me. The Mixoplick episode? You got it! <laughs> okay. Now back to Will Benton. Yeah, because there was a feature-length Best of Claymation movie that we could do and just cover nearly everything. There's also this crazy... Uh, he's crazy... Oh, gosh. I am... His crazy Mark Twain movie. Okay. I don't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but it's... Yeah. All right, it's on there. Now, you suggested Space Ghost Coast to Coast for William Street, but they're already on the list for another show. Their longest-running show, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I want to do Curse of the Mummy so bad. Yeah, it's fine. That might be a case where I'll let you choose the episodes. Okay. Because Curse of the Mummy, I think, actually says something about internet culture. <laughs> and last, in alphabetical order for the studios, Zagreb Film. I feel like I should know that. Sam Bassett. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, we gotta talk about... Oh, Crunchy. We need to bring Crunchy in on that one. He freaking loved that. Absolutely. 
Sam Bassett is so great. That is something I found by accident that I am so happy I found. And kind of sad because it was like, I found out about it in a download of what was a download that I uh, found uh, that said the worst cartoons ever. And that was in it. And I'm like, okay, look, the animation on this is janky as all get out, but this is not the worst cartoon. This is actually pretty dang entertaining. <laughs> Granted, that's also how I found out about Johnny Cypher, now that I think about it. Okay. And somehow, one of these has a DVD release, and one of these doesn't. Listeners, I'll let you guess which one. Well, one of them is owned by Warner now, so... True. Which, seemingly, even Warner was... I, I heard... Uh, like Baker was telling me in some, that in some interview that they were even Warner was hesitant about releasing it for their on demand, <laughs> but I'm glad they did. Yeah. Okay. I think that covers everything that I had and now everything you've got. Guess that ends that. Yeah. So, uh, in the immortal words of what of Yakko Warner, Good night, everybody. Oh, hey, I just randomly remembered another Nelvana cartoon oh. <laughs> this late in the game. Though I don't know if it's one that we'd want to talk about or not. Well, name it at least. Wildcats. Based on the Jim Lee image comic. I'll put it on anyway. It might at least be good for a laugh. Yeah. It, it's not the worst. It's not the best. It's definitely in the middle. And it also definitely shows that I don't think Nelvana was very, very prepared, was very skilled or or had much uh, expertise in superhero action cartoons at the time. I will say that. Okay. I think that's everything. All right. Yeah, we could go on for hours more, but uh, let's not torture our listeners any further. (laughs) All righty. But if there's any ideas you guys have, feel free to tell us in the comments. Oh, absolutely. And make sure to like, share, and subscribe, or leave us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts that supports it. Or if this is on YouTube, ring that notification bell. And show us a picture of you in a zebra costume, because why not? Zoinks! Okay, now I think we're done. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. See ya.